0: Welcome back to the Student of the Game podcast. I'm your host, Vars Ellis. Once again, thank you all for tuning in. I greatly appreciate you taking time out of your busy day to give my podcast a listen. All right, so on today's episode of our Scary Movie Reviews, we're going to take a look back at Friday the 13th, part Okay, Friday the 13th, Part 2, alright, is a 1981 American horror film produced and directed by Steve Miner. Um, many people, I'm not sure if you realize this, but this was Steve Miner's directorial debut, okay? Um, the movie was written by Ron Kurtz, and the film features Amy Steele and John Foray. The film also features the return of Adriana King, Betsy Palmer, and Walt Garney, who all three portrayed Alice Hardy, Pamela Voorhees, and Crazy Ralph in the first film. You know, I, I love Crazy Ralph. Crazy Ralph is awesome. You know, I'm not sure what Crazy Raph's job was throughout throughout the day, <laughs> throughout the night, but I do know that whatever his job was, whether if he was retired or whatnot, Crazy Ralph... Cared about the people. Crazy Ralph cared about the people. Despite them calling him crazy. Because Crazy Ralph. Would always warn people about Camp Blood. A.K.A. Crystal Lake. No matter how many years went by. He warned them about it. About it. You know I'm surprised. Whoever is the owner of that property. Of Camp Blood. Did not put a hit out on Crazy Ralph. Because you got to understand. Back in those days. You didn't have. Social media, okay. You didn't have cell phones, okay. You didn't have any of that, okay. But this guy here, he will go to the most popular diner and he'll be outside because it seems like you know, when out of towners that's one of the first spots they hit up that diner. And as soon as anybody mentioned anything about, he, you know, he's minding his own business until somebody mentions Camp Crystal Lake, a.k.a. Camp Blood. And see, he's not the only person in that town is what we found out in the first Friday the 13th movie who refers to it as that. OK. And he goes up to people and tell them he gives them the, the complete lowdown of it. But people won't listen. Like, why would you not listen to the locals? OK, like why? Why would you not do that? You know, if I'm if I just moved into a neighborhood and somebody said, hey, man, around this part of the day, you don't want to go down that street or when it's raining. Watch out from that street. Avoid that because it's going to be flooded. Why would I not listen to that person? Why would not? But, you know, but I mean, I, I, I crazy Ralph, I think is one of the most is the best characters you could ever have and you could ever have in a horror movie. Because you're in a horror movie, and not everybody is going to warn you. But he gives you a clear-cut warning. He doesn't put it in riddles. He does not give you metaphors or paraphrase anything. He says, you go to Count Blood, you're going to die. Let me. You, you, do you know what happened down there? Let me tell you, because you clearly don't know what happened down there. Okay? You know about the Voorhees? The Voorhees people? Oh, you don't want to mess with that. Yeah, you don't want to mess with that. <laughs> But um, it's the second installment of the Friday 13th series okay um the everything in this movie here it takes five it takes place five years after the after the original okay so in the original one even five years later crazy raph's still trying to tell people and in the movie you know when he when he knew that people did not listen and a lot of them probably did not come probably did not come into the diner guess what Crazy Ralph doesn't even own a car. But guess what? Crazy Ralph rode his bike down to Crystal Lake, risked, risked his life to go tell others. And Crazy Ralph ended up dying. Unfortunately, Jason ended up getting him because Jason probably like, you know what? You're warning people. And the thing about it, they should never see me coming. But even though they should see him coming but they they act as if they never see him coming and jason Voorhees wanted to keep it that way yeah but yeah so in this one here we're this is the first time we're introduced as jason Voorhees as the killer okay and he's he looked like he's about teenager age kind of you know you don't get a clear you get a clear you get a decent look at his face but he's taller but he's a lot leaner he's skinnier you know than the adult Jason Jason is okay that we eventually see in the future but he he is he's skinny and we see him running a few times in this film there was there was a scene where a police officer who was investigating what what was going on and you know he thought some kids was just playing some pranks and stuff and he was trying to prevent that and while he was dry as he was driving he saw somebody run across the street so the policeman stops his car and gets out of his vehicle And chases the suspect, but chases the man, chases Jason in in the woods. He stumbles across a little shack, you know, and, um, you know, he goes inside and investigates. And then he realizes, wow, someone's been living here. (laughs) And then he saw Mrs. Voorhees' head on that table. Then he's like, "Uh uh-oh. And by the time he realized where he was, it was too late. Jason got him. Jason got him. They never did show whether or not if the police officers, if the other officers went looking for him, but there was no signs of him. Yeah, we could not find him. But yeah, Crazy Ralph, man. Yeah, I'm sorry. But um, in in the, you know, in this movie here, uh, it's starting now. The movie starts off taking place two months after the murders at Camp Blood. And we, we, you know, we're reintroduced to Alice, okay? Alice, she killed Mrs. Voorhees, in the first one, out of self-defense. Chopped her head off, okay? Self-defense, okay? And, of course, this is a traumatic experience for her. I mean, it's a traumatic experience for anybody involved in that situation, okay? And nobody was more involved that's still living than her, okay? And... She opens up up her refrigerator in her apartment to get some food. And then, Lord and and behold, what do we see? Do, do, do. The head of Mrs. Voorhees in her refrigerator. And she's looking at that like, I don't remember buying that at the grocery store. I had a, I mean, I bought a head of lettuce, not a head of Voorhees. But what the heck? I mean, she's yelling. And then, bam, Jason comes up behind her and gets her. Man, and, you know, and. That scene, you know, it, 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 it throws, it, it, it threw me off because I'm thinking, okay, just like with most sequels, okay, the person who defeated the villain in the, f- the previous installment, you expect him or her to live on through the sequel, you know, or if they are going to die, you don't expect them to die at the beginning of the movie and that caught me off guard, but anyways, five years later after that, Okay, Paul Hope. he opens up a school for camp counseling at Crystal Lake. Now, I don't know if anybody told Paul about what happened, but he had no business over there and bringing other people over there. Like that just made, it made no sense. Crazy Raph tried to warn him. He kept warning him, but nobody would listen. So, you know, he talks with his, um. You know, he tell, he, Paul tells the counselors the legend of Jason Voorhees, who, who we all know was a boy who drowned at Camp Crystal Lake back in 1957. And that caused his mother, Mrs. Voorhees, to take revenge on the counselors and commit another series of murders in, back in 79 to prevent the camp from being reopened. And she was killed. And he mentioned, however, Jason is rumored to have survived and is now living in the woods near Camp Crystal Lake. Killing anyone who comes across him to advance his mother's death. Okay? So, after hearing this story, if you are if you continue to work at this place, something is wrong with you. You can't be that desperate for money to continue to work at Camp Blood. I don't care how much money they are paying you. Check this out. You won't live to get a chance to spend it. You won't, you won't, but, um, but, um, Paul, you know, he, you know, he's trying to do his job, and I'm not, I have no idea how much he's being paid, and the fact that he, he's aware of the whole legend, it is sickening, you know, because why you want to get these kids exposed to this, okay, but, um, throughout this movie, okay, you have several of the camp counselors being killed, being killed by Jason. And despite that, Paul, Paul pretends that, Paul pretends that nothing is going on. Like it has, no, it has nothing to do with Jason Voorhees. And it's like, dude, it does. Well, if you believe that that's a Jason Voorhees or not, dude, I mean, maybe it's somebody pretending to be him. But dude, you have to take accountability. Where's the responsibility? accountability with this man you set this whole up this whole thing up and you was highly aware of the whole situation that could potentially go down okay and that's the sad thing that's the sad thing you know but um let's see genie and paul they you know they go out and they try to go search for the other counselors because You know, Paul, for some reason, think that it's probably still like a prank or people playing jokes or whatever. But he didn't believe it until Jason ambushes Paul and continues to chase Jenny throughout the camp in the woods. And that's where Jenny stumbles across the shack where the police officer came across. And she had nowhere else to go, but she ended up cornering herself inside the shack. And she finds a Pamela Voorhees head on top of the table, okay? And she, and there's a pile of bodies. Jason brought all the bodies back to his shack. What he was going to do to them, I have no idea, all right? Jenny, what she does is she decides to put on Mrs. Voorhees' sweater. There's a sweater or is a jacket? One of them. And he, she puts it on, and that's when Jason comes in, and it throws him off. And she pretends that she is Mrs. Voorhees, his mom. And she's like, Jason, don't do this. I don't, mommy, don't want you to do this. Now put down the knife. Put it down. It's okay, son. It's okay. And Jason is like, hmm? Like he's not even going in attack mode. Like his defenses mechanisms are now down all of a sudden, right? And then it worked for a little bit until Jason. <laughs> sees his mother's head and then <laughs> he resumes to attack. He continues to attack Jenny, all right? And then Paul comes and attacks Jason and he gets overpowered by Jason. And just when Jason was getting ready to to end Paul, Jenny picks up the machete and she sw- swings it down into Jason's shoulder. Looking like it killed him. All right? That's what we're thinking at this point in the movie, okay? And then Paul and Jenny, they get back to the cabin, okay? They return and they hear something outside the cabin. And they're both looking scared. And they think that it's Jason. They They think that it's Jason. They think it's Jason. And then when Paul opens the door, it's the little puppy named Muffy. Muffin, It's a little bit. It looked like a a Shih Tzu. Yeah, very, very small dog. So Jenny is like, oh, okay. It's just a dog. Then all of a sudden, bam! Through the window, right behind Jenny, comes Jason. Bursting through the window and pulls Jenny outside. (laughs) He grabs her. And then all of a sudden, she wakes up. And she wakes up, she's being loaded into an ambulance. And she asks one of the EMTs, she says, where's Paul? Where's Paul? And the EMT said, um, we don't know. We haven't seen him. He's not here. And, you know, there was never an explanation about, about what happened to Paul. You know, so we're thinking about, okay, where's Paul? And for real, where's Paul? So it's one of those things, you know, they they left it open for interpretation. Because then the next shot, back at the shack, we see Mrs. Voorhees' head still on the table. And no Jason. And no Jason. And that's, like, what happened to Paul? Did Paul up and leave Pam and said, hey, man, this is too much? Or... Or it's quite possible that maybe um, when they was at Jason's shack, Paul, um, maybe Jason really did kill Paul. Okay, and Jenny might have had a had an hallucination. So maybe she actually really did kill Jason. Or wounded him to the point where he did not want to even bother to try to pursue her again. Maybe he needed to go heal up. But she woke up. She's being loaded in the ambulance. And maybe there was no muffin. Muffin was gone from the beginning. There was no muffin there at all anymore. But um, yeah, this this movie here, man, like it. <laughs> like if you imagine yourself, this like if this is your first time watching this movie, you know um, and and let's say and you imagine that the third the other sequels do, do not exist. That was a heck of an ending. You know, so cause it's like based on what you have, if this is your first time if you haven't seen any of the sequels and you're not aware of any sequels, you have the first one and the second one, and you're like, Wow, this is really something. You know, the mom got killed. There's no no more. We know that Mrs. Voorhees is dead. Now there's Jason. You know, at this time of the Friday thirteen franchise, Jason is not a supernatural entity. ...that he eventually became later on in the series, okay? He's not this unstoppable madman that's coming at you, you know? But, you know, this this movie here, Um, what's amazing is that this movie here had the similar treatment initially... ...like how they was going to do with Halloween, okay, where they wanted to do it, do it as an, an anthology series because it's friday the 13th and you know what they eventually they did get to do something similar to that because i don't know if you guys remember you guys or girls remember in the late 80s and early 90s they had a friday the 13th series where they had different stories and i believe the stories were told like on friday the 13th but it was it wasn't it wasn't mainly about jason okay so that was pretty cool at least they had a chance eventually to go ahead and do that but it's one of those things i mean The story of Jason Voorhees, I mean, that, the way the first one ended, it's like, man, how could you, you know, people who watch that film, they're going to be concerned whether or not, okay, was Alice hallucinating or did that really happen? Was there really a boy that pulled her in, you know? And then when I think about with Paul, was Jenny really hallucinating? Maybe Paul, maybe she had an image or vision of Paul and she imagined that he was there helping her and that gave her the strength to be able to survive against Jason. I don't know. You know, it's open for interpretation, okay? But it was a, it was a good ending. Um, and in a way, by this being just the second film of the series, it's kind of like an anthology series at this point because the first one, the mom was the killer and the second one, Jason was the killer. And at that time, his Jason's popularity was is not what it is right now because we're just learning about this okay because it's still up in the air whether or not if if this is some myth some urban legend because jason like, I t- like i'm telling you he 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 looks human you know he doesn't look real real big he seems like a normal man normal man strength okay but um yeah this 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 film here um i, I liked it i really enjoyed it um now the characters you have some of the characters who's it's like all right they probably could have kept but you know you know it's what's the word I'm looking for it's like uh, it's the awareness you know you have crazy Ralph warning you guys and girls about what's going on and you have Paul who told you about what's a what's a possibility even though he didn't believe it about the myth of Jason so. Number one, you, even without knowing any of, that, any of that information from Paul or Crazy Ralph, I mean, you, you got to keep your head on swivel. OK, when you're out there in the woods, whether if you're alone or with friends or family or with other people or groups, you have to pay attention to your surroundings. You have to pay attention to your surroundings. OK, and you can't make bonehead choices like, OK, let me separate from the group, you know, and it's nighttime. And when we have a couple of the other counselors missing. But it, it kills. It, it trips me out when, when people do that. It really trips me out. That's why I'm like, okay. I mean, but maybe I'm just a scaredy pants. I don't know. But I, I'm just trying to be prepared. <laughs> All right. But yeah. um, Yeah. Friday the 13th part two. I highly recommend you guys and girls check it out. If you've seen it before, I recommend you check it out again. I mean, when you rewatch it now with what we know now in today's age and stuff is it's amazing and you know you think about wow you know what we do have it easier in a lot of ways because we have cell phones okay back then they didn't have cell phones with them so it's like you know you can you know if somebody's coming after you you can call for help or somebody can film it on that camera what actually happened you know but they didn't have any of that back then you had to go based off people's words see if crazy ralph had a cell phone a smartphone he would have recorded everything but because he's crazy ralph most people would have said oh he got it photoshopped, right? That's what a lot of people would have said uh, about Crazy Ralph if he lived in this time frame now. But listen, hey, just because somebody has crazy in front of their name, that doesn't mean you dis, you know, you dispel everything that they he or she may say. Because a lot of times there's some there's a you can find a little bit of truth in some crazy. You can find a little bit of truth on it, and you know you take that little bit of truth with it and you try to apply it to. Whatever the situation is at hand, you know, but yeah, um, Friday the Thirteenth Part Two, very very good movie, very very good movie, and making this movie, you know, after you watch it, you see why there is a third one. Okay, we'll get into a third one on the well, not on the next episode, but we'll get to a third one shortly in the near future. Okay, once again, thank you all for listening, Student of the Game Podcast please go ahead and hit that subscribe button and hit the like button. So that way, whenever I drop a new podcast, it comes directly to you. You don't it's, it, you don't even have to go to your front door to check if it's there. You don't have to go to your mailbox. Guess what? It will be on the notifications. And if you don't have your notifications on, go ahead, turn it on. And you'll it'll, it'll hit a ding. Or if you got the ring tone, if you got your ringer off, you hit a little vibrate tone. Okay? But anyways, thank you all for listening to Student of the Game Podcast. Peace out.